Assault weapons have gotten a lot of bad press lately, but they're manufactured for a reason. To take out today's modern super animals, such as the flying squirrel and the electric eel. Learning something, Marge? Uh, hi, I'm Mo S. Hi, Mo! Yeah, so last night I was closing up the bar when some young punk comes in and tries to stick me up. <gasps> Whatever did you do, Mo? Well, it could have been a real ugly situation, but I managed to shoot him in the spine. Oh. Yeah, I guess the next place he robs better have a ramp. <laughs> Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we're here to review a very controversial episode. It is The Cartridge Family. I am Dando. I am Mitch. How are you today, Dando? Well, I'm not going to lie. I just screwed up the intro. I had to do it again. I'm very tired. Very, very Can tired. Can we play that? Yeah. Oh, Can we I'll, play that original intro, please? I'll, I'll, I'll play it right now for you. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we're here to review... Sorry. See? I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't try and hide my mistakes. Or not all of them, I, anyway. <laughs> well, not when I call you out on it. <laughs> I, I call myself out on it. I'm not going to get into it, just Elliot, you know, he's just teething and he's got a cold and he just can't breathe through his nose properly, so he's just struggling, the poor little guy, mm. but it's just constant, constant reassurance that we're here to help him. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. yeah, which is pretty much what I need around the house as well, actually. So, you've basically just described Ash's marriage to me. <laughs> it's like, same with Jet, right? So, I'll be trying to look after Elliot and Jet just walks up and Jet just wants constant, you know, padding or he's like, hey, I'm, I'm here too, mm. I'm here too, and I'm like, Jet... I love you so dearly, buddy, but can you just get on your fucking mat for a second, please? <laughs> I'm here too, and not only that, I was here first. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to when we have a second human child and Elliot is in that position. <laughs> now, you've said very controversial episode. Uh, obviously, you alluded to this in last week's recording that this was actually banned in the UK for a period of time. Was there much controversy outside of the UK? Well, I looked it up. It wasn't necessarily banned from the UK. So I, that's that's what I always thought. It was wrong. So they weren't allowed to air it on Sky 1, which I guess is more mm-hmm. popular than BBC 1 or something. So Sky 1 refused to air it because of the gun themes, but it could air on a separate station in the UK. Don't ask me okay, why. I don't know but- if it's I don't know if it's necessarily more popular, but uh Sky is obviously owned by Fox whereas the BBC is owned by the government. It's okay. taxpayer funded. So the it Sky versus BBC Correct me if I'm wrong, England listeners, but it's kind of like Channel 10 versus ABC in Australia. Well, Sky is what they call Foxtel in the States. Yes, but we're not talking about the States. I know you haven't slept, but... Oh, man, I'm so tired. In the UK. (laughs) Fuck, I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Do try to keep up with your own conversations. Yeah, they... um, they, So, when I go to England, they say, oh, can we put put Sky on? Put Sky on. That's what they call it. I didn't realise it was owned by Mm -hmm. Fox. I didn't put two and two together. Yeah, okay. That makes a bit yeah. of sense. But yeah, so they weren't allowed to air it on Sky 1. They could air it on BBC 1. But it was just the fact that it was about guns. And it's funny because they've had guns on The Simpsons before. But I guess this one was more about uh, you know, the the rights to bear arms and the, the, how it's so prominent in American culture, I guess. It wasn't so much just someone's got a gun for a quick gag. It was Homer wants a gun and he's not using it correctly. He's, he's endangering the people around him, but he's oblivious to it. I will just point out, uh, thanks to a Guardian article, that Rupert Murdoch has, like, um, Fox has sold all of its Sky shares, but for a very, very long time, 
were the owners. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, so I, I think this episode, watching it now, there's certain scenes that are quite confronting. The most confronting one for me was just Homer walking around and shooting out the lights in the house. Just seeing mm-hmm. Homer fire a gun willy-nilly just seemed odd. It felt, it felt strange to me. And I, I, didn't, didn't, I didn't like it. That didn't seem me... Or that didn't strike me as too confronting just because of the fact that I knew the house was empty. Mm. Uh, I was thinking more about firing at the plates in a neighbourhood. Mm. Uh, you know, stray bullet there. Um, and the one thing that actually shocked me from a census point of view is... It's really... I've heard a lot of stories before about how difficult it is to get away with either pointing a gun at camera or pointing a gun at the face of a child or a mother or something along those lines. And I know that this is obviously animation, but I was a little shocked that they got away with that sort of stuff. Well, there were the two scenes that Fox had issues with, but they eventually let them through. Mm. So, so when he points the gun directly at Marge, that's straight at the camera. And yeah, when Bart's... Mm -hmm. And also, yeah, like when you said when Bart's pointing the gun at Milhouse, he would have killed Milhouse if Marge didn't come home. Yeah, he would have. Um, I I also feel like the one where he's pointing at Marge, because like that is a point of view thing and you look straight down the barrel of it, that could probably... I, I know it's a cartoon, but again, I wouldn't be surprised if that could trigger some sort of PTSD in someone that had been the victim of a holdup at gunpoint. I didn't even think of it like that. Yeah, of course. Especially, I feel, I don't know, it's probably not. Maybe it's just because we, are, we have more access to news outlets around the world. But I feel like shooting is such a bigger deal in the States now than what it was even when in like 97. You hear about so many more like mass shootings now, don't you think? Or has it just always been the case with just older? I'm just older and actually pay more attention to the to to the news. I, it might be a combination of the two. Certainly, mass shootings weren't very uh, they 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 weren't as common up into the '90s, particularly ones revolving around schools. So, like Columbine, really Columbine wasn't the first, but it was the one really, that really broke the mold. And then there have been a hell of a lot since. Uh, I'm just having a look at it. Wikipedia total deaths in the US mass shootings 1982 to 2017 there has been a massive uptake since oh, that looks to be about mid 2000 2005 2006 mm-hmm. um and then the most recent years it's funny actually not funny but i mean this graph could easily be a graph of global warming it's one of those ones where like last year was one of the worst on record the year before that was one of the worst on record yeah the year before that was probably the top five on record yeah not good i don't so that's why i don't think i don't think you can make an episode like this now and get away with it i just don't think i just don't think you would even bother attempting it 97 you could still kind of get away with it but now i just don't think you could particularly in the cartoon well, animated the one, series the one reason that i reckon you could mm-hmm. You wouldn't necessarily be able to include Bart pointing a gun at Millhouse. I think the censors would have come down harder on that. But the overall episode still satirizes and sets up the same arguments that are being had today about gun control. Like, the whole idea of just, you know, being reckless with it, but also having a gun making you feel powerful and then... They do put a little bit in there towards the end when they foil the robbery of of guns being able to help defend somebody. So, like, all of those kind of key tenets still exist in it. Um, It'd be be way more of a hot-button topic if the episode came out now. But I think that the way this episode does it, it's not going to be overly offensive. 
Um, they don't make fun of victims at any point. And if anything, Marge probably has the strongest voice out of anyone in the episode as the, you know, representing the either the victim community or the fear of gun community. Yeah, well, or the common sense community, depending on where you sit in what, the argument. What they did best here was that they didn't choose a side. Whilst you know what they, re- what most of them believe, actually the guy who wrote it, Swazwald, he's actually very pro-gun. And most of the people who mm. work on the show are anti-gun. But it was important that they don't, didn't just choose one side and go with it. Because that would have been more of a controversy, I think. Yeah, I agree. And it's I, I did feel watching it, and I'm not sure if it was my own biases, and... I mean, look, we, we grew up in Australia where where we've never had to worry about this sort of stuff. So, it's just way of life for us. So, I do find it really, really hard to see the other side of the argument. But so, whether that played into the way I interpreted the messages throughout the episode right up until the very end or until Homer gets kicked out of the NRA at the very least, I felt like the overall episode slanted very heavily towards being anti-gun that Homer wants a gun and gets excited for a gun for all of the wrong reasons. They're very blatant about the jokes about background checks and how easy it is to actually buy a gun. The, you know, this attachment is to shoot down police helicopters, that sort of thing. Uh, Anyone at the NRA is like the most, up and again, up until the end, but in that first meeting, they're the most extreme right-wing version of the NRA, like, you know, Eddie and Lou handing cops to uh, handing guns to people on the way in, all that sort of stuff. I felt like about eighty five percent of this episode is anti gun, and maybe fifteen percent presents the other side of it. Do you think it's only fifteen percent? I feel like I don't think it's as anti gun as what you say. I, I get, I get what you're saying, but I think that's just the case of the first portion of the episode is dedicated to that, and they balance things out. I reckon the last third of the episode is mostly, you know. Saying not saying pro gun, but saying people not everyone who has a gun is an idiot, which is what you get with the NRA yeah, meeting. And but that doesn't happen until I th- I was actually keeping an eye on the time. I think it's like the sixteen seventeen minute mark of a twenty two minute episode. Okay, yeah. Now I guess I guess up to that point we hadn't had any the the NRA hadn't come down on Homer at all, had they? They just seemed like no. gun crazy, main, not maniacs, but just gun crazy. I guess, yeah. Yeah, very much gun crazy. Like, Mo talks about shooting someone in the spine and that's the positive ending to a story. Mm. Um, and then throws in a joke about the next place he robs better have a a ramp. Now, like, that sort of stuff is hyper-aggressive and hyper-violent. Like, that is that to me is very much making fun of the sorts of people that might uh, celebrate gun culture. I mean, even before they admonish Homer... Mo has turned one gun into five guns. Like that that sort of stuff is absolute gun nut. It's not until they see Homer being irresponsible and reckless that they then go, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. Like and that for me was the writer's way of saying not everyone that owns a gun is crazy. Like they're they're tipping their hat to the fact that there are, of course well, in America there would be millions and millions of very cautious, sensible gun owners. Um that not everyone is a you know is a Yahoo. It's like, like every person from Geelong is not a blithering fool. Most of us are. But. Yeah, but it <laughs> but it feels it feels more like okay. So say it's a Rodney Dangerfield set. It feels like it's been a lot of Rodney going 
you know, making fun of the guy sitting at table four. That's 85% of this episode. And then 15% is Rodney going, hey, I'm kidding. You're all right. (laughs) I'm hearing him say that in my head, in his voice. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. Sam Simon actually pitched the idea for this story uh, in the earlier seasons. How do you reckon that would have Or a similar, yeah, or a similar idea at the very least. Yeah, yeah, look, I think it would have been fine. 93, Um, 94. Yeah, I think it helps. I, like, I don't know enough about the history of the arguments about gun control as to how strong it was in the early 90s. I imagine it still would have been because it's not like there might not have been the same number of mass shootings, but there still would have been a lot of gun death in America. Like, that's something that has pretty well always been around. Um, But one thing that I think the episode benefits from taking the political side of it out of it is that nine seasons in you absolutely know that homer is not the sort of person that should have a gun in his hand whereas in the early days yeah look maybe he shouldn't maybe he shouldn't sorry maybe he should maybe he shouldn't but it's not as outrageous an idea as it is after having years of history of seeing homer be a blundering idiot that's what i was going to actually bring up because how do you think if this is written in 93 94 how is homer treated because by this point like you said he is the blithering fool and almost there's another point we we'll to get to in a minute, but this was the first episode that was produced by Mike Scully, and many people credit Mike Scully to turning Homer into an actual cartoon character, and they, they, he often gets referred to as jerk-ass or jerk-ass Homer, where he has no regard for anybody mm. else. It's just they use him for, if it's funny, we'll just do it, without any repercussions or any consideration to anyone around him. So mm-hmm. do you think 93, 94, uh, Al Jean, Mike Reese still in charge of the show, you've got James L. Brooks, Sam Simon, the dream team are still there. How does Homer behave differently if he's got a gun? Because here, he lies to Marge. He's, he's, he's actually pretty terrible in this episode. He lies twice. I, I don't think he... Yeah, I don't think he lies the second time if it was early episode. He might have done it once and hidden it somewhere. I actually thought the vegetable crisper joke was pretty funny. Mm. I, I Actually, I should say, I thought a lot of this episode was very funny. I, I really did enjoy watching it. Swartzwater, having... yeah, Swartzwater is like one-liners yeah. for, for Homer. His yeah. explanations for things were, I never thought you'd find out. <laughs> <laughs> as much as we're having kicking it off with a serious conversation, it's a really, really funny episode the whole way through. It is, genuinely, but, yeah. But yeah, I think, um, I reckon they could have pushed the envelope a little further with Homer actually if not physically hurting someone, coming really close to physically hurting someone and like ramp that up a little bit more rather than just Homer feels lonely. So he says, sorry, but he actually lies. Like that's kind of the lesson that Homer learns here. So until he he, he accidentally very, very, very end. He accidentally shoots the gun and maybe it ricochets and hits Lisa's arm or something. Possibly something like that. Just skims her arm, doesn't shoot her in the arm, just skims her arm and, you know, and, and, you could, that's actually a good point because then you could have Lisa. She's then afraid of Homer. Yeah, that'd be a really um, that'd be a really interesting story to to see. Like Lisa is just generally yeah. has has a fear of her father now because of this weapon that he has. Yeah, I guess. And if you were going to play it that way, it would have had to have happened earlier in the episode. But then have Homer, yeah, like trying to have his point of view really truly challenged and then come to terms with it over the space of a twenty two minute episode rather than just be what it is and then at the end go take it away from me because I can't control myself. Like that's that's a little bit of a cop-out ending. Like that's like saying I'm going on a diet because my wife threw all the biscuits out of the house. Yeah, like I was going to say, I don't think 
he, he learns, but he, he doesn't change. You know what I mean? Like, he actually is... Well, the, the character is saying, if I've got a gun, I can't help myself. I'll always put my gun before mm. my family. And that's just... I don't know. I, you come out of this episode and you think... Yeah, what's what's happened to the character of Homer here? He's not the mm. he's not the Homer that we knew, you know. Yeah, it's not a it, it's not a great uh, character arc for Homer. No, not at all. The, the only issue I, I say issue, it's not a big deal, but the only thing I thought when I was watching this was I don't see why it's all of a sudden Marge is upset that Homer has a gun. Like it's already been proven that the, the Simpsons do have a gun because remember when the Boogeyman turned up? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He has the rifle. He has a shotgun. <laughs> And then shotgun, sorry, and then, it's a and double then, barrel shotgun. Home of the vigilante. Whilst Marge says, I don't think the guns are a good idea. It's not like she comes down on home like she does here. I mean, fucking mm. Bart, Bart's got a gun in his hand in that episode. Remember that? Yeah, ex- true. that they all accidentally shoot the gun at the front door in the front area? Yeah. So I don't know. It's but just like, oh, I, they've, it, already, it, that's, they've already had guns before. I, I get it. It's, it feels fresh. It's been a while since those episodes, but still, I don't know. I just thought, we've already had a gun in the Simpsons house and it wasn't treated as such a big deal as what this one is. Yeah, but there's a difference between having a gun for a one-off joke and then spending an entire episode focusing on it. Yeah, yeah. And like it's just one of those things that you have to deal with with a cartoon like the Simpsons where everything resets at the end of an episode. So what was your favorite moment from the episode anyway? Uh, I wrote so many things down. Uh, it was really, really difficult. So I might actually get started with a few things that were submitted on the Facebook page. Well, t- t- tell me yours first, and then I'll say, I'll say mine, and then we'll get into the others. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, let me try to find... Cho- choose one of your... Choose your one favorite. Choose my one favorite. Ooh. All right, I'm going to go for a subtle one. Mm-hmm. And it's the uh, the guy that comes in, like the ex-con security guy, who is talking about how people could get in and says, why, they could even be hidden in your grocery. Such a ridiculous <laughs> statement. And then the camera pans and then smash cut zoom in as Marge just starts to stress. It's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's just so ridiculous. It's really funny. That's the thing, though. The, the Simpsons now are getting to the point where the humour is based on it's so ridiculous that it's funny. Yeah, it is. Like, obviously, no right-thinking person would have... But yeah, it's that's just played really well. Yeah, it is. My favorite moment, I don't know why I love it so much, but is imagine what life would be like if I robbed the Quickie Mart and it's Homer with a monocle and a like a little yeah. um, pipe on a rocking chair and Marge just in a fucking bathers just dancing. <laughs> just doing some go-go dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> the music added to it, I don't know, it's just great. Yeah. I just love it. It looks like Penguin, like old school Penguin from Batman. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um <laughs> Oswald, my fav, my second favorite, and I'll just throw it in like as a, I like I, I literally wrote eight things down because it was really hard for me to tell. One of them that I can guarantee won't pop up in the favorites. It's Barney's big move in the riot after oh, he's so been, good. been no, he just rolls himself down. He's like um, like he's like bl- a little chubby kid from Hook. Tucks <laughs> 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 his leg up and rolls down the pirates. I um for some reason he reminded me the way he charged was like you remember Blanka from Street Fighter? Oh yeah, yes, it was a lot like that. <laughs> um, but so what are the, pa- what are the, the patrons one... said anyway? Oh well, this wasn't patron. Remember, you put it up on the actual show. Oh, sorry, on the actual page. Yes, I didn't yes, know yes, if yes. you meant to do that. I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you have been tired, so who knows? Uh, Garode Harrihill. And I think that's Geroid. the closest I've ever come to pronouncing it correctly. He really he's included the gift, but he really loves how the gun shop owner doesn't f- even blink as Homer keeps pulling the trigger at his face. Mm. 
yeah, the people who work in gun shops now in America, I wonder if they are that desensitized now where they would even you know, bat an eyelid or even just sort of shut it for a second. I think you would. Yeah, I, it's just I, humanistic, I, really I guess, isn't it? I think you would. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that I would say, I don't know if you ever went into a shooting range or anything like that, but um, I, I did in LA. Everyone that works there is hyper vigilant about like it's, they're not toys, they're not to be fucked around with. So no, there is no way that anyone would get away with what Homer did in that gun store in real life. I think even when a gun, even if I knew the gun had no bullets in it, just having it pointed at me would make me uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's like number one rule of gun safety. It doesn't matter if it's not loaded; you don't point it at someone. Um, exactly. Yeah. David Nayer. Uh, actually, what I enjoy about this. Oh no. Never mind. I thought that was a cat. Like I thought it was a castle behind him. Uh, David Nayer, Lisa. If I didn't have this gun, the King of England could come in here and start pushing you around. Is that what you want? Uh, he says that he loves that line because it's such a great commentary on the constitutional right to bear arms. I I did love that line as well. The fact that they juxtapose the the whole argument about how the Second Amendment was written back at a time where they needed a militia, and to say that our you know, to say that that is still valid today uh, has questionable merit to some people. And I, I did like the idea that the King of England would would still take over America if they didn't have guns. I love that Krusty references it later on as well. Yeah, that's true. Oh, wow. Um, sorry, Garod also followed up with how this is still one of the most rarely episodes in Ireland and the UK. When it does air, it's generally heavily censored or edited, so as well as actually changing the ending. So outside of watching it on DVD, the ending that he'd seen basically just ends with Marge dropping the gun into the bin. You don't see the little line of her picking it up and then walking out all kind of, you know, sultry and assassin seductiveness-like. So she actually lets go of the gun. So there's a whole Mm. completely different scene. Okay. Hmm. Whether it's completely different or they just edit it in such a way that makes it look like she is chucking it in. Okay. Because you'd be up because she kind of holds it out, so you'd be able to just cut away to it. Yeah. That would be a really flat ending. <laughs> ben Doherty, the waiting, it was the hardest part. That is very funny with like yeah. just everything going by in front of Homer looking like a target, like starting with the target truck and then the ducks and then you get Patty and Selma riding by on a bike. Like that's a brutal joke, but it's pretty funny. Flanders on his ride on mower and the rabbits and everything. Yeah. yeah. Dan Keating was also a fan of the line. I put it in a safe place, Marge. I mean, what are the odds that the boy would have looked in the vegetable crisper? <laughs> Marge, I'm telling you, I never thought you'd find out. I just thought uh, that made me laugh Look, out loud. That was great. That was my second favourite. <laughs> As I'm scrolling through, Johnny Johnny Mac or Johnny MC has just included a photo of someone pointing a gun straight at me. It looks like it could have been an old Monty Python sketch or the goodies or something. It's not Monty Python, but it's of that vintage. Mike Craig has just included a photo of the Continental Breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> just an egg in an envelope. Yeah. Um, and aside from that, there were a lot of people who really enjoyed the soccer. Yes, I noticed that. Hmm. So that, that, that con- to me was the weakest part of the episode. I didn't care at all, except for the commentary. That was great. The commentary has been something that's stuck in my head forever. Like whenever I think of soccer, I think of Same. this as being one of the ultimate takedowns of what the game of soccer is. Or football for yeah, it's- our UK fans. Like, don't get me wrong. I appreciate soccer. I understand. <laughs> don't get me I- wrong. But soccer is the most Fucked sport in the world. It is the world sport. But I just, I think it's, I think it's the case of that I don't quite understand the rules fully, which is why I can't grasp it and I can't really, I can't, not that I can't bring myself to enjoy it, but I try to watch it and I just get so bored. But I think it's just because I don't quite get all the rules. 
Rules or tactics? There's not really a lot tactics of Tactics as well. Don't touch it with yeah. your hands, and you've got to stay on side. Like, that's easy. Yeah. Um, there must be a defender between you and the goals at all times. Like, that's that's pretty... Well, not at all times, but, you know, you can't be... You can't creep forward of the defenders and then have the ball kicked to you. That's pretty much it. Don't, you know, don't tackle, don't kick someone in the knee, that sort of stuff. But I think it's more tactically it can be hard to watch and understand what's going on. But I think I just get frustrated when I see the players dive. It just it, it just yeah. makes me angry, you know? Because if you see mm. a player do that in AFL, you're, just, you're, you're livid. Oh, Especially, they're lambasted about it for years. Yeah, we're, and yeah. we're trained to hate people for it. Jimmy Bartel did it once, and despite the fact that he's a, I don't know, 300 gamer, 250 plus gamer or something like that. Brownlow medalist, and even medalist. Though I know, <laughs> yeah, and I'm a premiership player, and I know he's an absolute legend, but if I ever need to piss off a Geelong fan, I can still throw at them, yeah, Jimmy Bartel's a diver. and they. I don't even remember him doing it. When did he dive? Don't you? It was against Hawthorne. Surely you remember. I actually have no, no recollection at all. Oh, wow. I'll find it for you. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> no, a, it's, a, it's a thorn in Mitch's ass. Jesus, you can tell it bothers you, doesn't it? It's stuck with you. One dive and it's just like bothered you forever. But that's what I mean. So, like, what you do one dive and it, it's just, it sticks with you because we're, we're, we're trained to hate yeah. the people for doing it. Yeah. So, you watch soccer and you're like, what? Nothing happened. Yeah. No one touched him. Let alone, <laughs> let alone someone like, say, a Lindsay Thomas in the AFL who made a career out of it. I made a, a Lindsay Thomas rule. <laughs> yeah. There are, there are some players that have been picked up on for it. Um, I've sent you a link on Messenger. Okay. Um, I, I want to get your reaction to this as you watch it. All right, then. We'll get it up. So, Jimmy Bartel, a beloved Geelong footballer. Yeah. Now, it's relatively... It's halfway through a game in the second quarter, so it's not like this is a do-or-die stage. And it still bothers you this much. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. No, no, no. <laughs> but what I mean is it's memorable. And it was it's it's something that they talked about on radio for a few weeks. So, it's just one oh, of those here things we go. that stands out. Did Jimmy dive? Oh, he dove. <laughs> he did a triple somersault off the diving board. Perfect entry. <laughs> well, the bit that I love is when he does literally do a pike midair. Yes. Here we go. Slow motion. He's jumping up in the air. Oh, and he has not been touched at all. <laughs> oh, man. See, you know what's even better than that one? This is sorry for boring you listeners, but there's a, a Richmond player called Jack Rewalt. Have you seen that one? He does a similar oh, thing, yeah. then turns to the umpire yeah. and signals the push. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Jacks was excellent. That was a player who came running up to take what would be commonly referred to as a specky in the AFL, um, but just went straight over the dude's shoulders <laughs> and basically just mistimed his jump completely. But yeah, then turned around and tried to claim that he was pushed. He was the only person. And he, like, there was not one player behind no, him. No one even around him. <laughs> no, it was amazing. Anyway, enough about AFL, but that was good. Yeah. I don't remember that happening, but I, I, it was definitely a dive. <laughs> yeah. From this day forward, your names will be... It's new names. What have we got? New names. I've gone with uh, the unintended consequences of soccer. Okay. I see that you've, got, you've, you've tried your best to get away from guns or... Well, yeah, I, I just... I couldn't be bothered with a pun this week. And but I feel like this, this I... is one of those episodes that needs some sort of gun-related pun in the title. I know it's doesn't yeah. matter, but you know. Yeah, no, of course. I, I was more just... Because so many people were talking about soccer, I was like, oh, well, let's go with that. Yes. Uh, but you did post in the, in the group, didn't you? Yeah, I did post in the group. So Thalia Enriquez has written in with, and then there were gun. Mm-hmm. David Abbott-Smith, since you've been gun. Now, there were quite... Since you've been gun. <laughs> yeah, Elise Rose, here today, gun tomorrow. So there were a lot of gone equals gun 
uh, anything else along those lines. So I'm going to avoid the rest of those because it's pretty much repeating the same joke over and over again. Patrick Jennings taking the pistol. That's good. Uh, is taking the piss a, a line or a saying outside of Australia? Taking the piss? Well, good question. But who cares? <laughs> I'm just wondering whether people, international listeners got the reference there. That's Patrick all. Jennings is from Wellington, so it it's at least made its way over the ditch. Yes. Beth Anslow doesn't have an alternate title, but... Oh, no, she does. Stop or my moron will shoot. She also has requested a very special happy birthday shout-out to her for the her 23rd birthday this Sunday. 10th of March. Happy birthday, Beth. Happy birthday, Bethany. And she says here too, extra points if Dander can sing that line from the Blink-182 song. You just know he was a diehard fan. I actually wasn't and I have no idea what she's talking about. I know no. all, I know all the small things, but I I, I, know, I know a few uh, guns of uh, Blink-182 songs, but... Remember the time that I spilled the cup of apple juice in the hall? Is that something about birthdays? What the hell is that? Uh, that was Adam's song. Oh, okay. I, I, see, I know the song, but I couldn't quote it like you just did. I, I, I know... Of many Blink-182 songs, but I'm by no means a big fan of theirs. Yeah. but no. uh, Nick Barbaro, the king of England's homie invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick has also said, not a specific mailbag question, but I think we're overdue for a good old-fashioned grinter rant, preferably on gun control in the USA. Now, I didn't want to get political and upset anyone, so I simply said to him, what gun control in the USA? Oh, this is... Kristen Nell's come up with a good one. Some like it shot. No, it's not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. Charlie Waldale, lock, stock, and two soft-boiled eggs. The only the only thing about that, Charlie, is it was a fried egg, but still, that's pretty close. Patrick Jennings has slipped in a Hamilton reference, which I was a big fan of, with, I am not throwing away my shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> you even gave him a, a clap gift there. Yeah, uh, that's that was um, Hamilton from the $10 note, clapping. S- someone, um, someone quoted a... Mo- Oh, here we go. So, Bailey Cashin, Shotley Crew. <laughs> yeah. But does Motley Crew have anything to do with this episode, though? No. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, I suppose not, because I love all of my patrons, and thank you for trying, What, what about What about Sean P. Connor? Oh, me get your gun. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not too bad. Tom Harrow-Smith will be my final one with NRA on my... Well, actually, no, it doesn't work. NRA Mageddon. But... And uh, um, no, nah, sorry, Tom. That works works good in print, but it, I can't actually say it out loud. And uh, Armageddon, yeah, mm. yeah, okay. But yeah, anyway, I, 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 like it. you said, yeah, it does. But work. it was a good week. It was a good week for varied and uh, a lot of variety in the alternate titles. What well on patrons? Gun is a good word for a pun. Next question. You there, eating the paste? Alrighty, trivia, Mitch. What do you got for me this week? How much was the valet parking at the soccer? It was ten dollars. Ah, well done. It was only a uh, small sign. I wasn't sure if you'd have spotted that. Mm. What uh, what room number was Patty and Selma's apartment? Ooh, 43. 15.99. Mm. There are a lot of spinsters. I guess that's level 15, maybe, room 99. Yeah, it could have been that. Who knows? What flag was up on the wall in the gun store? A Confederate flag, wasn't it? Was indeed the Confederate flag. Two that, from two. Look at you go. That's a bit... That's a bit uh, Oh. <laughs> yeah, but it also fits. And like it, it's another one of those subtle uh, digs at gun culture. Yes, it is. Apologies, listeners, by the way, if you can hear Elliot crying in the background. Yeah, he's not doing well at the moment. Nicola's trying her best to subdue him. Uh, my second question is, according to Homer, what does NRA stand for? Oh, 
But I must have been microwaving my lunch when he said that line. I didn't say it. It's when he's got his meeting, he's got the NRA sign at the front, and then there's things next to the letters. Oh, okay. No, I missed it. It's nachos, rifles, and alcohol. Yeah. I'd get behind it if that was it, because <laughs> two of those three things. Nachos, trifles, and alcohol, maybe? Tri- well, oh, yes. NTA. Hmm. Do love a good trifle. Uh, my final question was, what was the brand of ammunition that... Uh, Ooh, when was it? As when Homer says there's no bullets during the holdup. What was the brand of oh, ammunition? I didn't see that, actually. It was called Shoot Right. Shoot uh, Right. Yeah. Right spelled okay. R-I-T-E. Mm-hmm. My final question. Names of Bart and Lisa's beds. Uh, spotty and Smelly. Spotty. Now, that is a dirty line that just sneaks through. Uh, there are many reasons that a bed could be spotty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Spotty bed. Someone's eating a foot-long sub like Homer. That's how you get it. I've I've Googled spotty bed and nothing dirty has come up. It's mostly polka dots. Do you have safe search turned on? Never. (laughs) Never. (laughs) (laughs) Disabled it on every device in my house. Alrighty, so the Cartridge family originally aired on November 2nd, 1997. The chalkboard gag is everyone is tired of that Richard Gere story. Do you want to remind the listeners of what that story is, Mitch? No, they're tired of it. They're tired of it. (laughs) Yep. Just Google just, it. Google it with just, safe search off. Just Google Lemmy Winks. Uh, and the couch gag is everybody has their posteriors on fire, their booties on fire, and as they run to a water-filled couch, they all hop on board and... St- st- hang on. Hang on. Nicholas just knocked on the door. We'll be back in a sec. Sure. I heard a bang. And I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. As you just heard, this is what it's like being a podcast host slash a father. You've got to run off... And save the day. Little dude, he fell asleep in my arms. And he hasn't actually done it for a long time. So I just wanted to make sure he was asleep. But I think, you know, I was just enjoying it. Like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, just tell me which I'm, st- I'm coming. I'm just going to stand here for a minute and just hold my son. Because it was just nice having him asleep in my arms. It was just, I don't know, he hasn't done it for a while. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. I'm Meanwhile, I'm sitting over here desperately needing to pee and unable to get away from the uh, laptop. <laughs> but, you know, that's fine. <laughs> Do you need to pee? I'll let you leave if you need to pee. I can live. It's fine. We've already had a distru- uh, distraction. You've seen Dumb and Dumber. Just get a bottle. You 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 sound like you've just eaten something. What did you just have you eaten something? Um, Ash Ash just came in with an emergency snack. She gave me a profiterole. So I saved the day by putting my son to sleep. Ash saved the day by feeding her husband. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> anyway, so the couch gag was as I was saying. Everyone runs in there. Their booty's on fire, and the couch is just like a trough filled with water. They sit on it, and they're all satisfied and very happy, as you would be if you're. If your rectum was on fire, that would not be a pleasant experience, would it? Mm-hmm. Unless you were Alexander Hamilton, because you'll never be satisfied. No, that is correct. Mitch, how does this episode <laughs> kick just, off? You've just gone with that. You haven't listened to the soundtrack at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is, if you've said it about Hamilton, I will assume it to be true. I will trust you, because you wouldn't say it wrong. Uh, so, the episode kicks off with a commercial about the soccer. Uh, it does, yeah. Pretty much cold open into the ad for the soccer. The Continental Soccer Association that is coming to Springfield. It's all here. Fast kicking, low scoring, and ties, you bet. So, I always remembered this episode for, you know, Homer, the, the gun shenanigans, but I couldn't remember how or why he got the gun. Mm. And then the soccer See, came out, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's the commentary. <laughs> it is something that I find pretty funny that for all of the riots in Springfield, that this is the one that actually leads to them thinking, oh, Springfield's not safe. It's kind of like when South Park do the episode, the one where Kenny dies, where, you know, he's died so many times, but then they dedicate an entire episode to being like, oh my God, he's dying and it's a really big deal. Yeah. But the thing is though, how often do the riots break out into town-wide, you know, just an onslaught? Mm, 
I, I, I look. I want to say at least thirty percent. I feel like there's a lot. Have we ever seen the town just in disarray like this? Surely, surely we have. I would argue that the entire mob coming after a Homer and Bart for uh, Jebediah's head, like right back in the early days, it wasn't burning everything to the ground, but that was an entire town with like pitchforks and mobs. And uh, stuff yeah, but like they're going for one target. Here, it's you don't know, it's just people. It's kind of like, remember when England had those riots about, say, five, six years ago? Uh, vaguely. And it was just, um, it was to do with police brutality, I'm pretty sure. Could be wrong, don't quote me on it. But something, it might have been 2011, it was, because it was when I first went to meet Nicola's family, around about September time, and uh, sort of like a mini riot broke out, and then it just escalated to the point where it was just like a weekend-long riot. Do you not remember that? And stores were robbed and everything. I, I vaguely remember the news. I don't know enough about the details. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but, it, but it, the, it, if that happened, that's a much bigger deal than a whole town chasing after one person. But in my head, this happens in a deleted scene for every riot that Springfield's ever had. <laughs> like, what I meant is that spring, violence in Springfield aren't exactly uncommon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the, the commercial is just pretty much trying to make soccer seem better than what... I'm not saying soccer's bad, but it's perceived as boring in this episode. So mm. the, the ad is trying to play it up as, as, as if it, it's not boring. If you aren't a fan of soccer, it's the most boring thing you've ever watched. But you can say that about any sport, though. Uh, I don't know. Like, there are sports that I'm not a fan of that I would still... Like, Ultimate Frisbee, I think I've spoken about. That's exciting to watch. And I've, the first time I ever sat down, it was like... I was like, I'm like I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> but it was still really exciting to watch. Um, I, I think there are... Like, um, X Games. Uh, you you wouldn't have to be a fan of X Games to watch it and go shit. Look at that thing go. What about test cricket? If you don't if, no, you, te- if you don't understand no, test it, cricket, it'd be the most dull thing ever. Yeah, definitely. If you're not a fan of cricket, then cricket is up, probably up there with soccer as being a really boring sport, and yeah. it takes longer. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Homer's not interested until he hears their signing autographs. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's a, pretty funny. There's a line here that I completely forgot was in this episode, and they used to use it a lot. I remember there was like a um. Call one nine hundred whatever now to win a Simpsons prize, and it's a clip of Homer saying "Yes, yes, oh God, yes." Like that was yeah. the clip used in the ad. So that's, it's, it's mm. always stuck in my mind that clip, but I could never have told you what episode it came from. So when it came here, I was like, "Ah, oh, I remember that now." <laughs> yeah, I was very much in the same uh, from like the same mold when I saw that clip. I was like, "Oh God, yeah, that makes like I recognize that." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so they're at the game. Um, they've never been to a soccer game before, which makes sense because it's, it's, soccer's not a big deal. In it's it's a bigger deal in Australia now than it's ever been, but it's still it's not huge. It's not a very big deal in America. It's less in America than it is Australia, I think. Yes, I know Beckham plays there now, doesn't he? Or he did for a while. Is he LA? did for, at LA Galaxy for a while. So I think there's a like there might be a growing fan base in America, but it's still very much in the minority. And I guess with a lot of Australians, it is as well. But with it, um, you know, with multiculturalism, there's there's a pretty strong following in Victoria at the very least and probably Sydney with the ethnic community. You know what helped soccer, in my opinion, people who never would have normally been a fan of soccer? FIFA, the game. Yeah, definitely. But the thing is, I quite enjoy playing FIFA and I still don't enjoy watching it. Okay, <laughs> so, fair enough. Um, but there would be definitely a lot of people that got into it. Video games are like that for any sport. I was like that with uh, ice hockey. It's the, I had an ice hockey yep. NHL 95 game on the Sega, but also the Mighty Duck movies, I think, got me into hockey. Yep. Um, but anyway, uh, so they're at the game. Escape to Victory, the yes. famous Sylvester Stallone film. Might have what got about people a, into soccer. 
What about uh, Slapshot for ice hockey? <laughs> for ice hockey, yeah, definitely. Slapshot's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, Miracle? I don't know, Miracle. Oh, don't you? Oh, no. Kurt Russell starring. Um, good movie. Okay. Even Happy Gilmore to an extent. He plays hockey. Briefly. Yeah. Anyway, so the crowd, what I did like here is that the crowd, the crowd are actually really amped for it. And, and then the game starts and then slowly but surely they just lose interest. Yes. <laughs> Halfback passes to the center. Back to the wing. Back to the center. Center holds it. Holds it. Holds it. Halfback passes to center. Back to wing. Back to center. Center holds it. Holds it. Holds it. Harry's delivery, though, of holds it. <laughs> <laughs> Even the eye roll, just Brockman, just not interested at all. But it's 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 just it's amazing. It's kind of like you don't watch wrestling, but there was a, there's New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? But the commentators, they're speaking mm. Japanese. You have no idea what they're saying, but they're just so damn enthusiastic about the product that you can't help but just get invested with it. You're like, shit must be going down because this guy is really excited. <laughs> Got like back yeah. in the day when so JR I've, would go mental, you know? I've quite enjoyed times that I've watched uh, games of soccer with people who are right into it. I can feed off their energy. Mm. Crowd, crowd involvement des- definitely makes a moment in sport for sure. Mm. Even with football, yeah. if, if there's no one cheering a superb goal, then it's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly right. Can you, can you imagine if Buddy Franklin kicked his 13 at the G? Um, yes, I could. And that would have been, oh, geez, that would have been great. Just because anyway, it, be. well, it was Tasmania, wasn't it? But at least you got the good yeah. call from the commentator. At least that yeah, helped, from it, you know? Yeah. yeah. But uh, so the riot breaks out um, because they all want to leave. No, I'm leaving first. And then it all just escalates from there. You get Barney that's just fucking. Does he roll or just run forward? I think he rolls. He just drops himself and rolls down the stairs and I'm not sure if he people does. out of the way. I'm not sure if he does roll, though, because I, th- I thought he rolled, but if you watch it, I'm pretty sure he just puts his arms out and charges them. I've got Frankiak here. Let's yeah. see how does he, he does it. Does he do a somersault? Uh, yelling. Sorry, I've just got to go the frame by frame. That's fine. Even Flanders is involved in that fight, actually. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Hibbert's choking Dr. Nick. No, okay, maybe you might be right. I think he does just pop his head, pop his head down and charge. Yeah, yeah. Which is yep. even funnier, in my opinion. <laughs> he actually, uh, you said um, Blanka. It, it reminds me of Doctor Robotnik from the. Yes, is, is it, doc, it is Doctor from Robotnik Sonic. from Sonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like first Sonic when he's in his little flying thing. Just <laughs> that music system in my head. I actually played Sonic the other day. Anyway, but you know what I loved here? The Riot music. They don't use that anymore. But that music, mm. you hear that, and you know shit's going down. <laughs> yeah. Who's got? Mo, Mo is choking out Flanders from behind. Terrible man. <laughs> um. Anyway, then we get groundskeeper Willie and his Scottish crew, uh, showing people how to really get a riot going. Mm. Um. This whole thing, it's almost a parody of Green Street Hooligans before Green Street Hooligans became a thing. Mm. Like people yeah. that go to the game just to start fights. I think that's what put off my parents from ever going to a soccer game because it just had that reputation. That Elijah Wood might be there. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, so they had the, the, the town-wide riot just completely escalates to that point and then Quimby starts the mob rule. So for several years, the town's just going to be in disarray. It's just every man <laughs> yeah. for himself. Um, the family are worried and Homer... Oh, he's got, he's, he's got his little... His burglar alarm. His, his, his burglar truck. alarm. Watch the fish, Marge. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I forgot about this. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor fish. 
Um, uh, so then we get the one of my favorite moments, or what I think I ended up going with as my favorite moment: the guy from the ex-con security, mm, um, who's stealing in, shit. <laughs> intru- yeah, stealing shit as he goes. Intruders could come in down the chimney through the mail slot, even hidden in your groceries. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the music that plays with it; just makes it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> and then surely you can't put a price on your family's lies. You'd think so, wouldn't you? But here we are. <laughs> but still, see, that's funny. But Homer, that's just the way he thinks now. He's just got no sort of consideration for his family anymore. And it's sort yeah, of Yeah, that's true. He's still he's still he's still old elements of the old Homer are still there, but this is the beginning of the change. People say that Scully changed the show. Because Homer was such if Homer was the main character of the show at this point, I think the fact that he changed Homer, the show changed with him. As opposed fundamentally to change. changes that, yeah. yeah. Now, whether or not Scully himself changed Homer, not like Scully, he might not no, have sat yeah. down with a mandate and said, this is who Homer Simpson is now, but but it coincides with that era at the very least. Mm. Well, he had to sign off and everything. He was at the helm. Like, if, if a team's going badly, the coach gets the blame. Yeah, that's true. So Marge is worried. And you know what I liked here? Homer, when he's reassuring her, he calls her Marjorie. Yeah, that was pretty funny, actually. Yeah, he very rarely calls her that. Yeah, it's just it was cute. Yeah, it's just sort of trying to say it's all right, honey, all right, sweetheart, you know. And then it cuts to Homer just buying the gun. And where is it situated, Mitch? The most deadliest gun. Your deadliest gun, aisle six, next to sympathy cards. We come back. Homer's just pointing the gun around at the guy's face. I don't need to be careful. I have a gun. <laughs> it's so funny, but it's so it just feels to me. It just felt like. I don't know, it didn't feel right having Homer do this. I know, it never once sat right with me that Homer would be actually like this with a gun. Mm, yeah. That said, like I... It's still very funny. I laughed every time, but it just didn't feel uh, right. Yeah. It is very funny, but it's also... You do kind of get a rush when you're holding one. Um, like I said, that time that I was in the gun store, like there is... Uh, I, I could connect and relate to the joy and the kind of um, excitement about, you know, this new world that Homer has entered. It's, it's weird because I, I had one of those moments growing up where, because my dad hunts all the time, hunts rabbits and foxes for the, for the mm-hmm. farmers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I used and to go postman. shooting all the time. And I, I, used to go, I used to shoot rabbits and everything. I used to, you know, I used to go hunting all the time. And then there just came a point where I went, you know what? I don't want to kill things anymore. I think it, I finally realized... It wasn't a game. I was actually taking a life. And you finally realized that hunting man was the most dangerous game of all. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It would have been about 13, 14 where I just went, you know what? I just don't have any desire to ever fire a gun again. But but you're right though. When, yep. when I was younger, it was like, yeah, like I'm holding, I'm firing a gun and I was shooting something, but the reality of it hadn't quite sunk in yet. And once mm. it did, I've never touched a gun since. So I was quite content to just shoot at targets. Yeah, uh, I, I've never shot at a living thing, and don't know that I ever would. Um, it is—it just never dawned on me that I—I I knew what I was doing, but I didn't. You know, like I'm the sort of person that will break my car to not hit a rabbit. Oh, I'm the same. Yeah, I'll—I'll stop—I'll stop in the street so the dove. You know, the doves—they're really slow to fly away. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. slow right down, make sure they don't run over the dove. Yeah. But yeah, like as much as there are people and uh, rabbits are an introduced species in Australia and they're vermin and all that sort of thing. But I'm still, I'm like, yeah, but the rabbit doesn't know that he's vermin. The rabbit just knows he wants to eat the grass. Like that's not his fault. <laughs> that no, someone I, I agree. Yeah. 
it's a twenty. It's a catch twenty two though, because you know you don't want to shoot a fox because you know foxes are they're actually beautiful creatures, really. When you when you see them up close, but they kill lambs, mm. you know. And it's like, okay, do you want to save a lamb from being eaten alive, or mm. do you want to? You know, it's it's just it's a weird one. It's the circle of life. Ah, the winner. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Homer Homer finds out that there's a five-day waiting period to get his gun uh, to go through the background check, which I don't know if that, like, five days. I call bullshit on that. I don't think that exists because you hear so many stories of the people who, you know, they they bought the gun that morning and they went out and shot up people. Yeah. Uh, Waiting period, gun law. Maybe certain states. Yes. It would vary from state to state. And is there a waiting period to buy a gun? There's no federal waiting period, so there may be state waiting periods. Okay. Uh, federal law allows a dealer to deliver a gun to a purchaser as soon as a background check is completed, which usually only takes a few minutes, or after three business days have passed. Even Oh, my God. Even if a background check still hasn't been completed. Oh, Jesus. Part of me just got queasy. Like, I genuinely felt unwell as I read that sentence out loud. I remember when we had the mass shooting in Tasmania and yeah, yeah. and they took automatic rifles away from everybody. Automatic rifles, for good reason, were no longer allowed to be owned. I mm. still remember going with my dad. Sem- when semi-automatics. They- yeah. It was semi-automatic rifles, but anyway. Yeah. I remember when my dad, because he had one, he had to go and hand it in. And I remember that they were um, taking the guns away from people and they were like, reimbursing them for it. But they... There was rumors going around that they weren't actually destroying the guns; they were taking them away to be used somewhere else. So my, I always remember it's one of my earliest memories. My dad making them destroy the gun in front of him, for for because he's just like I. This was my gun when I was a kid. You're taking it off me, and it was just like I don't know. My dad, I wouldn't say my dad is pro gun; he's pro hunting. So like my yeah, my okay. dad's one of the safest people I know when it comes to guns. He like locked in his cabinet, won't let anyone touch it unless he's there with them. You know, won't take anyone shooting unless you completely trust them and he's done like a, a check on them and stuff like that. But I just one of my earliest memories is watching my dad almost tear up watching this guy destroy this gun that he'd had ever since he was a kid. It was a really it was a weird moment that's just stuck with me. Yeah. It was almost like watching watching having him watch his like a, a packet put down, you know? It was nineteen ninety six, by the way. Ninety six uh, I would have been what, happened. eight. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that that's anyway. that, that was a, that was the last real big one in Australia, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Homer goes. Oh, I really enjoyed the sequence of Homer just muttering. Oh, it was good. <laughs> yeah. That was a big shit. He's so big because he's got a lot of guns, but he didn't have any guns. I show him a thing or two. Dad, it's three a.m. Can't you mutter in your room? Marge kicked me out. Uh, all right. Go ahead. Pushy kids think they can tell me what to do in my house. I tell you parents these days, they don't know how to rear children. I like that it's Marge, not your mum. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> he's, he's upset and he's grumpy. But the thing is, close your door, Lisa. Yeah. Well, oh, well, you know, kids like to sleep with the door open. They feel safe. We ever like that. I remember I used to have to have the door. I used to have to have the hallway light on. Yeah, I was always torn in that my bed was really close to my bedroom door in uh, the the time that I specifically remember going through this problem. And I was like, well, if 
they come in through the window, I want my door to be open so I can get out of there. But if they're already <laughs> in the house and my door's open, I'm not going to hear them enter my room. So what do I go with? Do I go with the easy escape, but the possibility that they could sneak up and stab me in the neck? Or do I go with a guaranteed to hear them, but might not be able to get away? So quote the doors in Labyrinth. Left or right? <laughs> this, this was a five-minute decision every night before I went to sleep. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, my bed was... So the end of the bed was uh, essentially almost at the doorway. So it was like face... The, it was the... If I'm looking down the end of the bed, I'm looking straight out the door, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to have the hallway light on because it was too hot. They had to have the door open, but not being able to see down the hallway always creeped me the fuck out because, you know, there could be someone just standing in the hallway and I wouldn't see them watching me. Yeah. That, that's probably always spooked me. Yeah. The boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to the episode. So Homer's buying the gun. He's been told five-day waiting period. He's waking up Lisa. The Homer, this is where we get the Homer waiting montage, and it's just fantastic. I won't play the clip because it's just Tom Petty's song, but it's um yeah, it's just fantastic, as we said before. Then he's at the gun shop. How great is this bait and switch? You think Homer is eager to get into the shop to buy the gun? Yeah, but just needs a whiz. Oh, it's ah, <laughs> oh, that's the stuff. So so well done. And then he's deemed potentially dangerous, which he does not appreciate, does he? No, I do like the the fact checks here though of like. Just recap some of Homer's history. You've been in a mental institution, frequent problems with alcohol. You beat up President Bush, former president. <laughs> like, yes. Then the it's, fact that none of that is enough to stop him. I like it when they sort of, you know, not backtrack, but just reflect on what's happened in the show. Like, you've been to space? Sure. You've never been? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Homer then shows the family the gun and points the gun straight at Marge. That, that shot actually is quite confronting when he just points it straight in her face. Mm. Yeah. And Marge is not happy for good reason. And she brings up the fact that, you know, remember the time Maggie had a gun and sort of like a meta gag here, Lisa, it would have made more sense if it was Smithers that shot him, but yeah. Then Bart asked to borrow the gun. Homer says no. And Marge says, TV says, is it 58% of shootings uh, of a family member or something? Something along those lines? Pretty much using, using TV in her argument to try and convince Homer is a bad idea. You're 58% more likely to shoot a family member than, a, than an intruder. Yeah, yeah. TV said uh, that? Yeah, just like I said, just basically trying to use TV as a way in an argument because if there's any way of getting through to Homer, it's saying if TV said it, then it must be true. But I have to have a gun. It's in the Constitution. Dad, the Second Amendment is just a remnant from revolutionary days. It has no meaning today. You couldn't be more wrong, Lisa. If I didn't have this gun, the King of England could just walk in here anytime he wants and start shoving you around. You want that? Huh? Do you? No. All right, then. And that is a, like, yeah, that stuff there is just a, a good comic take on an argument that is still held today. Wasn't that law brought in when the guns were just powder and, like, the little, like not a cork at the end of it, but it was just, what, what were the old school guns? Well, the, not not law, but the amendment, yeah. Um, amendment, sorry, yeah. The, well, when was the US Constitution would have been written around about the 1800s? Long before uh, automatic rifles and everything. 1787. Exactly. So, yeah, you were basically firing muskets and one bullet at a time. Yeah. And they had just come off the war for independence. Homer tries to convince Marge, says she should, she should come to a meeting and whatnot. And Marge tries her best to be supportive here. But Homer is just an absolute douchebag for the entire episode. He just... You know what it is? Homer... Hmm. The reason I think Homer is so badly portrayed in this episode is he just comes across... 
like a kid, especially when the, like Marge is saying, get rid of the gun. It's like a kid who's had his toy taken off him. Yeah. And, yeah, and he never actually redeems himself because twice, Even, twice he gets two redemption moments, and both times he lies, not just lies to Marge, but he lies to the viewer because you think, oh, yeah. okay, at least, at least you've done that twice. There's a line here from him that I think, like, it sums up Homer really well. It's a good kind of double play line, and it sums up Homer really well in this episode, but it also sums up the argument on gun control really, really well. So he says, Come with me to the meeting, and if you still don't think guns are great, we'll argue some more. Mm. Which is pretty much like Homer at no point does he change his mind, and he does just continue having arguments with Marge. But it is also that thing of like, no matter which side of the argument you are on, Unless you've had some massive life-changing event, you will not change. And even if you have, often, it won't change you. Like, someone who's really pro-gun that has a gun used against them is just as likely to come back out and go, no, need more guns. And then that wouldn't have happened. Someone who is really, really anti-gun would obviously go the other way around. Even if they were in a situation where a gun would have gotten them out of it, they are very, very likely to still go, yeah, but if the other guy didn't have a gun, I wouldn't have needed a gun. Like it's it's one of those things that you, you know, whichever wherever you sit, it's really really rare that you will ever change or see the other side. It's very similar though. For uh, another example, surfers, right? They get attacked by a shark. A lot of them still go back out in the water again. Mm. Like they, they yeah, that's kn- true. They, they know the dangers there, but it's just it's what they it's who they are. You know, you're not yeah. going to change them. I mean, if I got fucking, if I saw except a shark in, in the metaphor. water, I wouldn't even get into a bath again, let alone get back in the ocean. Yeah, except in that analogy, the surfers are everyone who lives in America that goes outside. <laughs> so, yeah. like, you kind of have to to live your life. I get you. <laughs> uh, so, then get to the NRA meeting, and you're only allowed in with a gun. And you mentioned this before. It's just playing it up that they're just over the top and ridiculous. Lenny yep. talks about how he's got his high power guns and whatnot, and it's kind of like a, an it's AA meeting, isn't it? Hi, Mo. Yeah. Well, he also. This is also a thing of like the argument of what do you need an assault rifle for, and Lenny talking about to take out today's modern super animals. <laughs> super animals. What What do you reckon a super animal would be? Well, he he quotes the flying squirrel and the electric eel. The electric eel is electric eel a super animal? It is pretty awesome, I guess. When you yeah. think about it. Yeah. No, it conducts current. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Could solve global warming, the electric eel, if we learned how to harness it. <laughs> how to harness the electric eel. That is the key to all our problems. Yep. If I can just harness the electric eel. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like um, Boo in Monsters, Inc. <laughs> if we can just yeah, harness, the, exactly right. harness the laughter. <laughs> We've just got to teach an electric eel how to scream. Yeah, just if we can just terrify the eels, we'll be fine. Yep. Um, <laughs> they're talking about it. Like an AA meeting, Mo tells a story of being robbed and he shoots a guy in the spine. Pretty brutal. But, um, you know. Yeah. Also, off the back of the lo- sentence, well, it could have been a real ugly situation, but I managed yeah. to shoot him in the spine. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on that. It's true. Yeah. Homer then asked to be a lifetime member, even though he's literally just joined, if not joining mm-hmm. that night. <laughs> um, Marge is just not comfortable at all, for good reason. Um, cuts to the shooting range. It's kind of like, this reminds me, they'd done a similar thing when uh, Marge shoots those precious antique cans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But here, why would the guy in the shop say my mistake? For lining the cans up. Yeah, I get that. But they were told to shoot at... at they were all shooting at a target. So Homer's, Yeah, but cans are targets. Ah, oh, come on. You're indoors at a fucking shooting gallery. Everyone's pointing at the targets and shooting. He cans then turns the... Uh, targets. Okay. 
Look, you might have just started shooting living things straight away, but a lot of people worked up their way to that with cans. I shot many a can. <laughs> um, Apu thinks that uh, Apu, Apu thinks that Homer's robbing the quickie mart when he's not. He thinks Apu's just so used to it, mm-hmm. though. Even that's a sort of a, a play on the um, society where Apu yeah. just assumes he's being well, robbed. You walk into a convenience store with a gun in your hand. Yeah, I think is, anyone uh, is going to assume. I think. And did you, when you went to the states, did you ever actually see a gun? Only in the driving range. It's a driving range. The shooting range. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some guy had a wicked slice. Was real pissed off about it. <laughs> um, no, only in the shooting range. I um, I never saw one. But then we went and stayed at one of Nicholas' friends' house, and her dad was so proud of his gun collection. He started bringing them out, and they were loaded, and I was quite scared. Hmm. It was just, I don't know, I've, I've, I'd grown up with guns in the house, but they're locked away. But this guy just had guns in the house, like just laying around. He was just like, oh, do you want me to take you out and I'll, we'll, we'll go out and we'll shoot some stuff? And I'm like, I don't think I want to. And I just felt yeah. really uncomfortable. So then he has that amazing you know, dream of what happens if he robs the Quickie Mart, which is just absolutely fantastic. Thinks he's going to do it. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to rob the Quickie Mart, but he's already left. Oh, well, I'll just rob it next time. And then we get sort of like a montage of Homer using the gun inappropriately. So helping Lisa with the basketball, then says, do you want me to get the cat down? Uh, shoots the plates that Bart's throwing up, kind of like the um, like clay pigeons. And then... Yeah, the, skeet shooting. Um, and yeah. then see you in hell dinner plate. Cut to the entire family eating out of pots, pans, colanders and glasses. In glasses. <laughs> Does anyone know where my dinner plates are left? You probably left them at work. <laughs> it's amazing. Listen. If it'll make you feel any better, I'll put the safety on. Oops. Guess it was already on. Uh, I better just put it down. No offense, Bomb, but that was pretty cool. Homer, I think you'd agree that I've put up with a lot in this marriage. But this is the first time since we've been married that I've actually feared for our lives. So I'm asking you, if you really care about me and the children, please, please get rid of the gun. All right, Marge. I'll do it. For you. I'm a lucky woman. And I'm a wonderful man. I think the fact that she's so she's so open here, and then like you said, the way the fact that he says yes and lies to her, mm. that's such a dick move. Yeah, massively. And claims to be a wonderful man. Cut to the very next scene is where Barton Millhouse are looking around for the fudgesicles or fudgicles, depending on what part of the country you're from. Opens up the crisper to find a better foothold, and then sees the gun sitting on top of what looks to be some carrots. I think it was carrots. It was orange yes, anyway. Sitting on top of carrots. Which, like, and again, like that is a thing that happens way too often um, with people not taking proper care of locking a gun away and, you know, all sorts of tragedies can occur exactly, exactly the way that something could have happened to Barton Millhouse here. You know, it's not even just with guns. Like, now that I've got Elliot here, there's so many hazards in this house that I never would have even thought twice about. Like, for example... Mm. Uh, Jet's pool in the backyard. He's got one of those um, sand pit pool things, you know, the shell. Yeah, yeah. There's only a, there's only a little bit of water in it, but we can no longer have that with water in it. Up until now, that's never been an issue. You know, you've got to have yeah. all the cords put away because Elliot can now lift himself up and can stand up. You know, you, my Blu-rays, I've now got to have them two foot higher and just things like that. 
there are so many hazards in a household that you never think of until there's kids in the household. And I think the gun would probably be the ultimate one. So having a gun, if you don't have it locked in a safe, you're a fool. But I guess a lot of people, their mindset is, if it's locked in a safe and then someone tries to rob my house, then what's the point of having the gun in the first place? Yeah, there'd be an element of that. that then just be an element of, oh, look, it's on my nightstand. The kid can't reach up there, surely. Or he won't, he won't go into my room. Complacency that creeps in. Marge is furious when she walks in, as she would be. She's a mother seeing her child about to fire a weapon at the his phone and kill him. Marge, uh, Homer just doesn't care at all. Just horrible moment. Never thought you'd find out. Marge takes the kids and leaves, and Homer still just doesn't care. Fine, go, whatever. I don't need you, man. Um, and then asks Milhouse if he knows how to cook, and he does. Right here, I'm like, this is actually Mitch. <laughs> Can I? Busting out how to cook. <laughs> so we come back from commercial, and Marge has taken the kids, and she tells Patty and someone, I've left Homer, and they're not as happy as I thought they would be. No, it was kind of like... I guess just expecting it to happen. I thought they were going to like break out an emergency. She's left home a kit. Yeah, but I guess they did have a big stud in the in the room that they're more interested in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, this TV isn't broken; it's just unplugged. Yes. So they, they, so basically, she says, "Go to this motel. I've woken up here a couple of times." It was a very creepy moment, in, on all accounts. Here, you know, I've woken up in a, in a sleazy mm. motel. I've got I've tricked this guy to come to my apartment. I've dressed very revealing. And now I'm going to lock him in my apartment. It's just, I don't know. I've, I don't normally see them this seedy, Patty and Selma. No, it was a little bit rapey. They're at Homer's NRA meeting. Um, I do love his cleaning outfit. Did you notice that? Oh, uh, what was he wearing in the cleaning outfit? It's just like, Sorry, a, a, like a pink maid's dress. <laughs> or, uh, oh, yeah. Like, like apron thing, yeah. Little apron <laughs> that he's got on. You assume it's Marge's and he's just popped it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mora arrives with some irregular Oreos. I don't know mm-hmm. what the difference is. Oh, then we get a great sign gag here. So, Sleep Easy Motel, lights go out. It's just changed to Sleazy Motel. Sleazy Motel. Looking for a good time, sailor? I certainly am. I did like Marge insisting. No, you're not. He's really not. <laughs> here, 10-year-old Bart, does he know who these women are? Uh, ooh, he knows that they're interesting. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Here's some more chocolate curls, gun buddy. Anyone else want a beer? Homer, you use your gun as a can opener? I use it for everything. Watch me turn on the TV. I've never seen such recklessness. You might have hurt someone. Are you some kind of moron? Yeah, but... Hey, yuts. Guns aren't toys. They're for family protection, hunting dangerous or delicious animals, and keeping the King of England out of your face. Now, this to my point before, this is the 17-minute mark of the episode before you see some common sense coming. The only voice of reason for the whole episode has been Marge, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Even Lisa hasn't really been and that's, an- anti-gun, Marge, has she? Yeah. Marge isn't even necessarily voice of reason. Marge is very much anti-NRA. NRA. She's more the voice of fear. But I think... No, I think she she's she fears the gun and just the NRA is just something that comes with it, right? No, yeah, but what I mean is she represents the opposite of what the NRA pr- okay. represents. Okay, yes, I know what you're saying. Yep. Um, so Krusty then refers back to the, the King of England. Um, so it's just this mindset they all have. And Mo rips up his, his membership card, but then they kick out Homer because the meeting's not over yet. <laughs> <laughs> just make him sit out the front while they all party. You know what was good about the family when they went to the motel was just how the kids just, you know, enjoyed it for what it was. Made the most mm. of it. 
I just I appreciate that. When when you're a kid and you're on holiday and you're staying in a motel, it's like you you just sort of you enjoy all the, all the little quirks. Yeah. Like they like the fact that the TV's coin operator and the Bible is and things like that, you know. And they've got a pool. Yeah. Um, dead guy in the pool, by the way, looks a lot like Flanders. He does look a lot like Flanders. Yeah, you're right. Well, one thing I here though is so the kids see the pool and they're like, hey, cool, it's a pool. Can we go in it? What they didn't see the dead guy in there. They must have only just seen the corner. Ah, okay. They only saw what they let us see. <laughs> yeah. Um. Bart then does... This is this feels like a classic Simpsons moment here, Bart with the prank calls. That could have happened yeah. season two and it would have felt right, you know? Yeah. What is it? Trying out uh, trying out new material on the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, then they race the beds. No way are you going to beat me this time, Lise. Yes, I am. Come on, Spotty. Come on, Smelly. But the thing is... The kids are just making the most of it because they don't understand the situation. Mm. And it's a good it's a good sort of uh, comparison. So you have the kids going crazy, having fun with the beds, and then cut to Marge just looking at the window sad because she's, you know, in two minds, has the man of my life left me for this weapon? Sad and terrified. Like, the next time you see her, she's holding a wooden plank at that same door because this is a dirty, seedy motel and she's worried about who else might try to get in. Yeah, but I'm thinking, why was the door not locked? Because Quimby just well, walks in. Maybe it doesn't work. Dingy, broken down place like that. Okay, but they didn't acknowledge that though. Um, yeah, true. But I, I just, I went with it just because of how bad everything else was in the place. Yeah, okay. Homer's then turning off all the lights with a gun. Yeah, just, just seeing him, just, just so casually firing the gun. It just, everything else was sort of funny. This, I guess, was meant to be funny, but it just, it felt a bit like, oh, okay, he's too comfortable now, just firing that weapon for me, for my liking. Um, he wants his family Fair back. Enough. And then cut to Bart and he spots the camera. No, no camera. Go to sleep. Lisa's bed will not stop vibrating and Marge, like he says, waiting with the wood. And then Quimby arrives. We get three vote Quimby's in this episode and they're all funny. Oh, Quimby. <laughs> Homer then arrives and he's going through all the wrong doors. We get another vote Quimby. He then pleads to Marge, please come back. I promise you the gun's gone, blah, blah, blah. Tells her what she wants to hear. What about the gun? It's gone for good, Marge. I finally realized what's the point of having a gun for protection? If you've got no one to protect. Oh, homie. And at that moment, you're like, all right, finally he's realized. Okay, this is this feels like old school Homer, old school nice Simpsons moment. Like you said earlier, earlier Simpsons episodes would not have him lie twice. No, I, would, I don't reckon they would have. And not after making you think that, yeah, like genuinely making you believe that he'd learned his lesson. Hmm. Because he does, and he doesn't in the end. It's really, yeah, I, don't, I didn't like the way it ended. So um, they're then checking out of the hotel. Marge is believed Homer again, as you would. Um, Quimby's then getting some ice. Now, what do you reckon he needs the ice for? Um, Post sex champagne? His nuts. His nuts. D's nuts. What do you reckon yep. happened? D's nuts. He's just overworked them. Needs to okay. sit on a bucket of ice. Um, getting a continental breakfast. Then Snake arrives, and Homer immediately pulls out the gun. Uh, and Marge just can't believe it. You lied to me again. But here, at least, if he didn't have the gun... Well, this is, this is the joke, though. So, Homer didn't actually save anyone. The guys rock up with guns. They didn't stop him either. So, what was, yeah, the, point? Exactly. So what was the point of the guns in the first place? <laughs> yeah. didn't, it didn't do anything. What it did was it just made Snake hesitate for a second and, and run off, I guess. Yeah, it, it took a little bit longer. Yeah. And it revealed Homer's lies. <laughs> the joke's on you, buddy. There's no bullets in that thing. <laughs> Yo, give me the bullets. Okay, don't shoot. 
So then the NRA crew arrive, like I said, and no one stops the rubber. And they just sort of pass it off. Like, did anyone stop the rubber? No, don't think so. Homer then explains his reasoning. Uh, you know, I felt powerful how God must feel when he holds a gun. Uh, <laughs> and just pretty much says to her that, you know, I can't help myself. I can't control myself. He disposes of the gun. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm going to do, which is pathetic. It is a cop-out, like you said. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, but um, anyway... They wrote themselves into a, I wouldn't say they wrote themselves into a hole, but it's when you have Homer lie twice, it's how how does he actually redeem himself? I don't think you can yeah. redeem yourself after lying to your wife twice. Uh, but then Marge sees herself in the reflection of the bin, walks out to the Avengers theme. Now, apparently Mike Scully was not happy with this, um, with this music playing. Now, the Avengers, that's not the Avengers we all know now. The Avengers was a, a British show in the 60s, but he wanted it changed, but it was too late. And apparently union law over there states that they can't use previously recorded music it has to be fresh music every time yeah that was strange yeah it was very interesting so every time you hear music in the simpsons it's freshly recorded for that episode i guess yeah which is it just it seems like a strange rule i guess it keeps people in a job there doesn't it yeah it does like i, I can understand it it's not very convenient for the producer <laughs> no so all in all the cartridge family was a really really funny episode it's got its negatives like we discussed with dumbing down homer and starting to really introduce us to the the homer that we would soon not grow to dislike, but just the Homer that makes you go, oh, really? You're doing that with him now? Just This was the first time where I sort of went, ah, okay, now I'm really starting to see. I can sort of understand more, because I haven't gone back and watched this one for a while. I can sort of understand more why people say they stopped watching the show around this time, because if you were mm. a big, hardcore fan of the show and they started changing the main character to this extent, it would annoy you. It de- but it depends yeah. It depends what you're watching the show for. If you were just watching the show to get a laugh out of it, then you wouldn't care. But if you invested yeah. yourself in the characters... I mean, just say, for example, they what, what's your a show that you love? You love Dexter, right? And then uh, Yes, and they did exactly, exactly that. Yep, and they changed the character, and you didn't watch the show anymore. You didn't like it. Yeah. Well, I did watch it all the way through to the end. They didn't so much change Dexter... They did a little bit, but it was more that they just fucked the ending and they changed in the final episode, they changed him really horrifically and yes, ended badly. Yeah, um, but the cartridge family is, if you just want some laughs, it's really funny. Everything that's discussed in this episode is still relevant today. Yeah, that's that's very, and that is the one thing that, I don't know, depending on your point of view, you might think that it's actually sad, but yeah, it's a really poignant episode still. Yeah, what is it? 22 years ago did it air? Something like that, yeah. yeah that's, that's fucking insane. 22 years ago this aired. Jeez, and I still remember when it was a new episode. Anyway, we're getting old, man. <laughs> what did we learn, Palmer? So what'd you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that there's no shortage to gun modifications. I learned to never hide something in the veggie crisper. Except veggies. Do you, do you actually keep your veggies in the drawer, in the fridge? Or do you just chuck them in the uh, fridge? If I put them in that drawer, I never see them again. <laughs> it's like the abyss, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Forget they're there, and then I open them up and go, "Oh yeah, that's right. There was that leak that I was gonna, I was gonna make leak soup three and a half weeks ago, but I got sidetracked and had steak." This is Ash just kept walking with, with profiteroles. You didn't have time. <laughs> exactly. Jamil, Jamil is here. Ooh, mailbag. What do we got this week, Mitch? Uh, Kieran Titan writes in, Hey guys, love the podcast. Been listening for Thank an you. age. An age. Shout out to my friend Patrick Rush, who introduced me to your wonderful show. Thanks, Patrick. Pat and I were wondering, and uh, this is some apt phrasing, if they had a gun to your head and you had to swap this one Simpsons family member out for any other fictional character, 
who would you put in? Does it have to be Patrick animated? Said, uh, no, it doesn't have to be animated. So Patrick said he'd swap Bart out for Joey from Friends. Friends is the only thing he loves more than The Simpsons. Okay. I said that is a terrible choice. Who would you pick? <laughs> <laughs> I would swap out... Can I, can I do two? Sure. I would swap out just two useless characters on The Simpsons and bring in... Or does it have to be a family member uh, or anyone? No, it says it has to be a family member. Ah, shit. Okay. Is Grandpa included? Yeah, I suppose. Grandpa for Frank Costanza. Yeah. Yep, that's solid. Is that so that's your only one? That's, oh, um, oh, yeah. I was going to do two other randoms because I was going to have Kramer and, and Newman for the wacky antics, but I'll just go with Frank Costanza. Okay, so you're just trying to crowbar the Seinfeld. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that's, well, Seinfeld's the other show I love more than The Simpsons. Like, as much as The Simpsons, so. Fair enough. Who? All right, let me think. What about Nibbler in for Santa's Little Helper? No. <laughs> now, I reckon swap out Homer for Sipowitz. Homer does love Sipowitz, though. Homer loves Sipowitz. But it'd be good to see them meet. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Unfortunately, that's not the reality that we get to live with. Could oh, you, could hang you, on. Could you replace swap Marge out, with, a, with a man? Swap out Marge for Sipowitz. Mm. And then you have a, a homosexual relationship. Yeah, with Homer and Sipowitz. Now, that's edgy television in Homer 1997. Sipowitz relationship. <laughs> uh, Is that what you're going with? <laughs> <laughs> Homer's now in love with Sipowitz in a marriage? Yeah, that'll work. I'll swap out... Uh, um, swap out... So, there's just so many options that my brain has a spasm whenever I think about it. Um, I was thinking you could swap out Marge for Mrs. Hudson from Sherlock. Um, you could swap Bart... If it, not definitely not Joey from Friends, but who who could you swap out Bart for? It's got to be it's got to be a better? it's got to be a kid, right? To, to sort of fit the. I feel like it. I mean, it should be a younger at person least, at least, at teen, least teenager man, at the most. Some sort of man child. I'd like to swap out if you did expand it. I'd like to swap Hibbert for House. Mm-hmm. Oh, what about what about Bart for Joffrey from Game of Thrones? Hmm? Never watched Game that'd of Thrones, but I've actually met the guy that played Joffrey. I know who you're talking yeah, about. That that would mix things up. He was uh, he's an evil dude, right? In the show, apparently that actor copped a lot of heat. Oh yeah, no, I was, for, I was having lunch with the guy at um, Supernova a couple of years ago, and he's just like, yeah. yeah. He goes, "That's why I left the show." He goes, "I just didn't want to put up with the hate anymore. People get so invested in it that they hate me as a person. It was crazy." Yeah, um, geez, that's a good. Like, oh, geez, oh spoiler alert! Good. Jesus Christ, dude! Big show. Patreon, my two cent story. Uh, this comes in from James O'Malane. Just sure that I haven't. Oh, yep. Um, hey, guys, I sent this in a little while ago, but may have gotten lost in the mail. I'm not sure if it's a My Two Cents story or just a story about someone being a dick. Decided to tell you a little story about someone stealing people's lunches. His name was Mitch. Up, <laughs> seeing as it came up in Homer's enemy. I only steal cactus. When the factory that he worked in first opened, there were probably only 20 people working per shift. That meant that the company was quite slow to hire a canteen staff. Therefore, everyone had to bring in their own food. Sure enough, everyone on one of the shifts started to notice that parts of their lunches started to disappear. A bottle of Coke here. Half a sandwich there. People half started to a wa- sandwich? Half a sandwich. People started to watch people like the other ones who went on break by themselves. And bingo, they spotted a guy who would open the fridge and quite casually go through the bags and boxes of other people's lunch. Pick out what he fancied, go sit at a table with his findings, and enjoy his free food. Oh, that's just... He deserves a three-piece feed, that guy. (laughs) When they spotted him, they noted the time when he took his break and spread the word with the plan in mind. The following night, the rest of the people on that shift all waited until he'd gone out to the canteen. They then all gathered by the door 
And this isn't the way the story goes, but when I got to this point, I started imagining Full Metal Jacket where they all sneak up with um <laughs> with the, the pillows, uh, bars of soap. Yeah, in the pillows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, they all walked into the. Uh, sorry, they gathered by the door when the lookout confirmed that he had ga- the lookout. It's so orchestrated. When the lookout confirmed that he had gathered all of the items of his choice, can I, inter- can I interrupt? I'm just, I'm just envisioning. Yes. <laughs> What music was that? Was that the greatest, the great escape music where there like, there's like a big it's thing not going quite. down? Quite. That's Sorry, yeah, yeah. That's what I was trying to do. Yeah. The great escape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the lookout confirmed that he'd gathered all of his items, they all walked into the canteen. They stood around him and one by one took back the items that he had taken. I like that they've done that in silence. They then all told him what they thought of him. It worked, and he didn't do it anymore. But what was infuriating is that he didn't seem to be very remorseful at all. If anything, he looked as if he was annoyed <laughs> while he was on break. <laughs> you know, but you know you're going to cop it, though, when someone says, I'm going to tell you what I think of you. You know you're in for some strife. Now. Let me tell you what I think of you. <laughs> all right. And I'm going to end it. So you had a go at me there for uh, Game of Thrones spoiler for... Which is something that I think happened four years ago. I feel like there's going to be some ropeable listeners. Ropeable. All right. How about beep that? <laughs> so, yeah. just So, people beep. know that, it's th- that they know there was a spoiler there, but you won't yeah. actually hear what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Dando beeped a spoiler before. Yeah. But Claire Dyer wrote in with something that was just a story of a spoiler. Now, this is oh, a spoiler yes. for the movie Fight Club, which I believe came out in 1999. So... There's probably a statute of limitations, but just in case, if you're out there and you've not seen Fight Club, I'm going to spoil it by way of this story. But Claire had made it 20 years without being spoiled on it, only to be spoiled five minutes before watching it, thanks to the synopsis of the movie on Amazon Prime. So again, if you haven't watched it, maybe stop listening to the show now because we're about to wrap up anyway. Thank you very much for listening. Join Patreon, blah, blah, blah. This is this this is the synopsis of Fight Club. An unassertive, defeated man discovers that he has an alter ego, a sociopathic anarchist terrorist who is plotting the destruction of society. Terrible. Awful. Like that's like the person who wrote that knew exactly what they were doing. And they were like, <laughs> yeah. But that that's complaint worthy in my opinion. Yeah, I think it is. Like you can't you can't do that as a synopsis. It's like. Spoilers for the usual suspects now. It's like saying Verbal Kint, a.k.a. Kaiser Soze, <laughs> leads the police <laughs> leads the police on a merry song and dance for two hours before his eventual escape. <laughs> that would, Actually, that should be a regular thing, a, a segment, a description that spoils the movie, but in a humorous way. Yeah, like as opposed to when we did the, the one where it spoils the movie, sorry, describes the movie in the, the most low-key way possible. Yeah. Well, we, we, didn't, we, we did that for one week. Let's, let's, do, let's do that again, actually, because we won't spoil the movies of people. Let's, I, I prefer the low-key one, actually. That was pretty funny. I think you did Jurassic the, Park yeah, once, didn't you? Uh, I did. I forget what I... Yeah. I'd have to go back to remember what I actually said. I know I wrote them all down somewhere. Let's do Dumb and Dumber. Two men go for a drive. <laughs> that works. <laughs> you could go even... A woman looks for a briefcase. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm going to have some fun with this segment. I'm just going to think of a few movies each week and just give them to you. Just throw them on, to you on, on the spot. Okay, cool. <laughs> Actually, uh, one more. E.T. Um, boy Makes a Friend. Yeah, I mean, that. But that it, even A Boy Makes a Friend is a little bit too uplifting. So, <laughs> uh, I want to say... A Boy Finds Something. No, um, 
uh, a traveler makes a phone call. Yep, that'll work. Alrighty, is that it for the mailbag this week, or you got one more? No, that's it for the mailbag. That's it this for the week. mailbag this week. Thanks to everybody that wrote in. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. If it is indeed a question, please, I cannot stress this enough, write question in the subject line. Just makes it easier when we're skimming through. Also, the trivia. We have completely sold out. We are sold out. Uh, so, March 20th at the Spotted Mallard in Melbourne. If you haven't got your tickets, too bad. You will not be allowed in. I, I, mm-hmm. I wish we had more, more room for more people, but 200 was the capacity. It's going to be a fantastic evening. Cannot wait for it. You know, Simpsons Songs, Simpsons Trivia, live podcast. Our first ever live podcast. Are you looking forward to it? It's going to be different, isn't it? I really am. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I hope this just goes really well. So we can just do this. I reckon, what, maybe four times a year we should do it? Maybe twice? Hopefully. Something like that would be... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, but I think the, the end product is going to be very good. But anyway, guys, thank you for listening again to our The Cartridge Family review. Let us know what you thought of the review, what you think of the episode. Mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Please also don't forget to rate and review us on the iTunes store. And don't forget to check out our podcast, Tales of Futurama. Season 1 is now available for free. You can just go and type Tales of Futurama into your podcast app and it will soon be on Spotify as well for people who don't want to go get a podcast app. But yeah, Tales of Futurama, the first season is now going up for free. Season 2 is now up on Patreon. But for now, Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Dando passes the final words to Mitch. Mitch holds it. Holds him. Holds him. Shh.